The beach landing is imminent, and the plans of the Moerian army are already in shambles. How was Krag prepared for this? Will Moir pull through? And did Octavia pack enough sunscreen? Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Me, My Spouse, and a Die. I'm Gwyneth, your resident Asimar, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And I'm Austin, your resident Dungeon Master. Me, My Spouse, and a Die is a family-friendly, actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, where we follow our hero, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair, through her adventures in the continent of Moir, a land that has been ravaged by a war with monsters for 15 years. Well, I was going to actually, we had a very astute observation from a listener asking about potential cannons and or other fighting implements to combat the trebuchets of the Dragonblood army. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? What was the question? Well, with the pirate ships and the, and the Navy ships, were they able to combat the trebuchet in any way, shape, or form? Cannons don't exist yet. Okay. On this half of the world. <laughs> canonically, uh huh. Actually, that is, yep. Canonically, later in Moir's development, uh, a, a form of magical cannon comes to exist, brought over by uh, an inventor from a land across the sea that played a reasonably substantial role in our previous campaign which occurs in the future so they don't exist here yet <laughs> yeah uh the boats right now are small enough that they don't have trebuchets on them or or any sort of ballistas or trebuchets of course there are no trebuchets on boats they don't have ballistas on them uh some of the larger ships in the back probably do as we established captain slab ship had ballista on it he is not on the uh riders mutiny anymore and this barge is just basically a people carrier right now so maybe some of the larger ships in the back do but by the time they're in range it's they're so far behind they're at this they're point, far yeah. enough behind and it's going to be a lot harder for them to pinpoint uh, a couple siege weapons on top of hotels rather than the hotels uh, flinging stuff back at just like pick a ship there's a bunch of them <laughs> so th there is limited capacity uh for that which is why it is of primary importance to have boots on the ground take them down mm. it also makes more sense to have the um you know pc have to deal with things also true <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> anonymous ship number one deals with the main difficulty just roll a d20 i got a five moir loses campaign's <laughs> over all right, great. <laughs> that, that was easy. All right, the end. The end. Catch y'all. Never. At some point. <laughs> oh man. But I think that was a you know that was a good observation from our good friends over at D Twenty. Check out their amazing hand poured their dice. Cheater dice. Hey now. They're cheater dice. They are not cheater dice. <laughs> You just seem to roll terribly with everything else except those dice. I have I have had several spans of rolling quite terribly with their dice. 
It is. It is. It is not the dice. It is. It is purely Gwyneth. Just you. It's just purely Gwyneth. Just either you. I'm really, really hot or really, really cold. I don't roll middling. Either everything is rocks or everything is like or everything a three a drum. or everything's a what a drum. Everything's a drum. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh uh. man. So yeah. In short, no cannons. Yeah. Not yet. Um, I had forgotten about the whole cannon thing. Yeah, that was a significant. It was a very significant, significant part. Significant part because the uh, one of my mini bosses who had taken over your palace was ha- had two two pistols. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was cool, and then he turned into a dragon. He was awesome. Yeah, that was a fun campaign. That was a fun campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moir is cool. Yeah, so Ma- it's a storied history. Malik in the future is equipped with. Enormous cannons on their watchtowers <laughs> left over from the uh, bandits who had sacked the city with those same said cannons. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you just gave away cool the fact stuff. that Malik is still existing. I don't think that was a secret. That's true. Necessarily. That's true. Spoiler alert. The good guys win. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sorry. Octavia may not win, but the good guys win in the end. In in total. It's already already canonical because we have adventures in the future with some of these, most of these establishments in them. Still being standing. Good guys win. Sorry for anyone who was like, oh man, I wonder if Craig's gonna gonna win. Like, no, no, he, he won't. How, how? he loses and what it costs the good people mm-hmm. that is that is the question the question has never been is Craig actually going to succeed in taking over the world and you know establishing a, a domain of darkness no no he's not <laughs> but how will he be mm-hmm. defeated by whom will he be defeated and what will it cost to get there those are the questions that we are seeking to answer now because mm-hmm. it is interesting when we first you know started the show we were talking about you know what time what time frame to have you know to to place this story in in Moir's history um and and this this conflict had always been canonically a part of the Moirian history that we had come up together uh, but we had never like fleshed it out we you know there weren't characters as much you know all of the the nitty-gritties hadn't been fleshed out and so you know back in the day when we were you know first planning on uh, launching the show, we were like, oh, you know, should we do it far- further in the future? Should we, you know, what should, what exactly should we do? Um, and this just seemed a perfect time to, you know, flesh out this cool, you know, chapter in Moir's history. Mm-hmm. So I guess there hasn't really ever been a question. <laughs> hasn't really been a question as to who wins. But again, no. yeah, the, the no. costs and the how and the who will survive and succeed is, yeah. you know, still up in the air. The good guys are going to win. I like I like my fantasy stories where the good guys win. Yeah. Like there was oh gosh, it was it's like that time I, I decide I was alone and I decided to watch the movie Seven, which is a great movie. I didn't know anything about it though, going in. I just thought it was like a murder mystery thriller. And if anyone has seen Seven, you know it's kind of it's definitely a murder mystery and it has some <laughs> thrilling elements, but boy howdy. Is it just a depressing movie? The good guys don't really win. <laughs> and I was not prepared for that. And I was like, <laughs> I feel like I wasted two hours of my life. 
Like, if I'm going to use movies as an escapist technique, I want... It doesn't have to be a happy ending. But I want, you know, good to triumph in the end. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always happen. I think I watched No Country for Old Men, too. And I knew that one. I, I was more prepared for that one going in. But, man, that is also just a real bummer. <laughs> it's a real bummer of yeah. a movie. And yeah. I guess it's, like, artistic or something. But, man, it's just a bummer. Yeah. I mean, I think just that... a real bummer. Like, just... I mean, at least personally, I i mean, f- film for me is such an escape from the, you know, the tragedies of the real, the, of the real. And I mean, I, there is so 100% a place for, you know, drama and the exploration of different, um, you know, human conditions. But currently, I, I'm in law. I deal with bankruptcy. I deal with people literally... <laughs> At the lowest point in their lives is my day job. And sometimes I just want to see, you know, two monsters ripping apart a city. Yeah. And and sometimes that's that is the level of story and entertainment that I need. Yep. Yep. Nowadays, if it's like I make an exception for Christopher Nolan because I love Christopher Nolan. But basically beyond that, I want to see dope fights and crazy action sequences and nothing with more depth than like a marvel movie Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's about it i love me a good i mean a good gray's anatomy every once in a while just like an over-the-top drama get me some shondaland like mm -hmm. but yeah i i have to be really prepared for like an artistic movie before i go into it because a lot of them are just like just real bummers (laughs) like you get out two hours later and you're like well, dang it. I feel awful. <laughs> <laughs> so the, they did I, their job. I guess some people like to feel awful and would spend money to see things that make them feel awful. I, I'm I'm kind of over that. I'm like, just yeah. give me like, give me Keanu Reeves doing cool things and <laughs> fighting people on motorcycles while he rides a horse. Um, that's yeah. down. I'm down with it. I think I was more into you know uh, like deeper more like thought-provoking films in college when i wasn't dealing with as much stuff in my own life when i had mm. the emotional bandwidth to actually like think about you know a, a deeper film uh, or something along those lines and i mean i was also like an english major so i was the classic pretentious you know kind of obnoxious oxford wearing person um but now it, it is definitely want something very shallow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i just never connect with the philosophy of philosophical movies anyway so it's like why should i waste my time just feeling bummer if i'm not going to yeah. get anything out of it to begin with and then also for me i don't like watching movies by myself and so if austin isn't like particularly keen on watching something you know if i'm super want to watch it you know you, you'd probably yeah. watch it with me but i mean if we're both ambivalent about something like yeah yeah or if like i'm like okay and you're ambivalent then i mean that 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 said seven is a very very good movie it's just a real bummer and if you're not if you're not prepared for (laughs) a really really dark depressing movie and you go into it just being like ah this is gonna be a this is gonna be a fun uh detective movie no (laughs) (laughs) no no it's not it is not uh i laugh but i've actually never seen it i mean again it's a good movie it's a it's a very good movie. You just need to know that it's a you know 
you have to at least know the tone of it for me. Yeah. I feel like I know so much about uh, it at this point that... Exactly. Like, so, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so that is all to say, hopefully the ending of this campaign won't be a bummer. Well, it won't be a bummer. I will make it not be a bummer because I have the power to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and the good guys are going to win at the end. Sorry if anyone was wondering about that. Now you know if that makes you not want to listen anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> So let's uh, let's come back to it. You are on a boat. I am on a boat, and you're I have my Every- flippy floppies. Everybody, look at you, because you're standing on a boat. Where is T Pain? T Pain's right next to you. <laughs> T Pain is Captain Slab. <laughs> <T-Pain. laughs> Boy, if I knew how to do a auto tune on on this on this the filter, software. I would I would do that. But that is more time than I have to put into this oh right now. Oh my gosh! But I could kind of see that. Oh man! It would be that would be oh, that'd be good. That would be good. Be but my spouse and die featuring T Pain. Boy, that would really jack our listenership right? up. Right. And then people would be like, what the heck is this? <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? Screw what this. I'm t- out. So we'd spike for like an episode. Yeah. Because people would download it, listen for two minutes, and then realize, oh, this, this is not what I wanted. Yep. And then we'd be back to it. I mean, maybe like Forbes would write about us. T-Pain. T-Pain, if you're out there. If you somehow stumble across this episode. <laughs> this, the odds of which are... This particular episode. Remarkably low. Please hit us up. We'd love to, uh, love to do something. Mm-hmm. Love to have you on our tiny show. On our tiny, me, myself, me, my spouse, and T Pain. <laughs> a barbecue hey. challenge where you only cook T Bone steaks. T Pain cooking a T Bone mm-hmm. with a T Square. Ooh. That's his only implement. And he has to be drinking tea the entire <laughs> time. <laughs> and the only seasoning he can use is tequila. Or time. Or time. And he has to incorporate bread somehow because, like, pan, pain is a kind of, like, a different... Well, now now like you're a, just... Now you're putting too many things. You're sticking with the teas. Oh, it's just... Now you're complicating That's it. true. Come on. That is, that is my... That is usually what I do. Overly T-pain, complicated. T-bone, T-square, drinking tea. Seasoning it seasoning with... Seasoning with thyme and tequila. <laughs> All right. Anyway. I'd watch that. You're on a boat. You're on a barge, surrounded by buff, burly pirates, um, sailing towards a beach. Uh, this beach, you can see, is... The sky is still pretty overcast, so everything is gray and gloomy, and the sun is going down, so you're getting a little bit of sunset haze on the horizon. Darkness will be here soon, as this line of light fast ships approaches the beach of Lake Ansel. You have just entered the siege range of the weapon emplacements on the beach, which are stationed at the top of the Grand Myrmidon and Diamond Dragon Hotels. And they have begun flinging projectiles at these ships. You've seen at least, well, about five of them just got cut down by this lake spirit, which you managed to fight off, and then a few more getting peppered by giant chunks of rock and huge bolts the size of like your torso it's a grisly scene but you will be on the beach soon so here is what we are going to do i'm going to 
I don't roll a D100. Mm-hmm. Where's my other D100? There we go. And we're gonna see if Captain Slab's ship is in the uh, sights of any of these siege weapons. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, probably should have decided. <laughs> Before you Before rolled. Before <laughs> write that down. All right. We'll let you decide. Did you see what I rolled? I didn't. Okay. And I have difficulty reading D100s anyway, so. All right. So, um... We're gonna we're gonna give this a 50-50 shot. Okay. Do you want above fifty to be you get targeted, or above fifty to be you are not targeted? To Ab- pick. Above fifty, I am targeted. Above fifty, you are targeted. Sucks to be you. I rolled a seventy-nine. <laughs> I did not see what you rolled. Hey, I like it. Uh, so you guys are. On this ship, all the the sailors, the pirates are lining up at the front, getting ready to uh, charge out and storm the beach. And you see just like a huge chunk of rock mm-hmm. and a bolt just whizzing down at you at practically the same time. You have like an action to do something to uh, dissuade these two things from impacting your little boat. Otherwise, things could get dicey. I can, as a wind elemental, use, like, a whirlwind to, like, fling stuff away. How close does it have to be to you? I have to be in a square. Okay, so you would have to fly up to meet these two. Right. Okay. So, but I have a fly speed of 90 feet. So, kind of, my idea is I... I... Sorry, we had I had a kitten who was sniffing my toe and tickling me with whiskers as I was trying to describe this dramatic scene and mm-hmm. he's he's a very good kitten licking. It's pancake. Oh it is pancake. Oh hi. Hi old lady. So professional. So professional. We keep it professional here. Keep I mean, it my super professional. I know y'all love our cats. We don't like, get paid for this. We don't have to be professional. You love old lady pancake. Who doesn't love old lady pancake? Can we get a meow into the mic? Ooh yeah. Probably not. Okay, continue. <laughs> so she is going to like fly up to the the bolt and this big rock and just try to whirlwind them away, kind of tornado it and try to fling them back, like back from whence they came. You can get one. Can I not wait until they are close enough together? No. <sighs> you must choose. Would the so we have like a bolt. Big old trebuchet, tre- big, oh gosh, big old ballista bolt, big okay. old trebuchet rock. Okay. Um, would the rock do more damage to the ship? That's what you have to decide. Would I know, having seen it, these implements being used on other ships? Both of them can do a lot of damage. It's a split second decision. Not the neither of them are guaranteed to hit. Okay. I'm going to go for the rock, because my thought is, even if the ship gets punctured, which would be bad. It would be. If it gets split in half by the rock, I feel like that's even worse. Okay. Uh, So I'm going to fly up to this big rock and basically turn into a classic Indiana tornado and try to fling the rock back from whence it came. Okay. Do you just get to do that, or do you have to roll something? I haven't. It'll need to recharge after I use it, but... Read me this. 
Each creature. Oh, shoot. Does it have to be creature? Each creature in the elemental space must make a strength saving throw. All right. Here's what we'll do. Because it's not a creature and it can't make a strength saving throw, we're going to make you make a strength check instead. Ooh, okay. What what am I looking for? Can't tell you that. Okay. It's a big chunk of rock, though. Natty 17 for 19. Okay, I was looking for 17. All right. You fly up to this chunk of rock, engulf it in your body, and spit it out, and it careens into another boat and just, like, shatters it into pieces. No, I can choose, like, where it goes. <laughs> I know, I'm being a jerk. <laughs> as soon as There's I w- too many, but you can't find a space where there isn't a boat. It's just... As soon as I was like, and I fling it away, I was going to be like, oh, this is going to make it. He's going to make a joke about it hitting another boat, isn't he? I am, and I did. I know you too well. You fling it, and it splashes into the water ahead of um, this line of ships. Some people get a little bit of sea spray. And as you do that, you turn and you see the bolt fly past. We are going to roll an attack. Natural two. Okay. Natural two is a good thing for you. Well, I mean, I still don't know like what your to hit is, and I don't know what I don't know what the AC of the boat is. Also, not super high. It's a natural two. It needs like it's it's fine. Okay. Well, I mean, like, Carcoon has a plus 10, so I mean, like, in, you know, having a 12 AC is not that unusual for something that's so big, you know, so I wasn't mm-hmm. sh- I wasn't sure what the numbers were. So. These these things are not pinpoint accurate, so mm-hmm. their bonuses are not exceptionally high. Okay. It's more of just, like, a cast-a-wide net and spam. See, yeah. Spray and pray. Uh, so this thing careens extremely closely, but it just kind of, like... <laughs> punctures the water and uh, begins to sink. Captain Slap shouts, That was a close call! <laughs> Try to keep those away from us! We're almost there! Get ready, boys! And everyone's like, They got their shields up. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You, do you remain in the sky or do you return to the boat? I'll probably remain in the sky like a little bit of a vanguard in front of our boat to kind of head off anything else that might be flying towards us. All right. How far away from shore are we at this point? You are rapidly approaching. Okay. You are narratively close enough. (laughs) You were within a couple hundred feet when the thing started firing. Sounds good. So uh, within a few moments, the ships will be within landing distance. You look around and you're not able to catch all of these and you see another couple boats just get smooshed Mm. by big old chunks of rock. Some of them just get like shot through with bolts and start taking on water and people are grabbing buckets and trying to siphon it out so your your forces are losing a little bit more but a large contingent of them are making their way towards the beach you see as you are up there trying to swat away projectiles from taking out captain's labs little barge uh the beach approaching and scattered across it are big like uh basically obstacles pieces of Mm. wood like hastily nailed together chunks of scrap metal large boulders there's the x's on the map because i didn't feel like drawing individual things (laughs) um but basically just anything to make it a bit more difficult for people ships uh large things to move across it Mm -hmm. i will point out so we are absolutely clear on what is water and what is not (laughs) 
that line closest to you, that black line, that is where the water ends and the beach starts. Water towards you, beach towards me. Water, you, beach, me. Beach, you, water, me. Okay. Beach, water. I am glad you clarified that because I, looking at the map, definitely thought the opposite. As yeah. only I would do. As, as you would do. <laughs> uh, so you see Captain Slab's ship uh, is basically about to uh, get as close as it possibly can before it can't get any further due to these obstacles. Do you continue to remain in the sky or do you go down and join them? You see all like 20 or so of these pirates lined up at the start looking to uh, jump off and swim the rest of the way. So I know from speaking with um, the naval captain that one of the big priorities would be to take down the siege weapons. That is your number one goal right now. Right. So is... Should I be... Had we had we talked about whether I would be following the troops onto the shore and then going or going as soon as I can? That is up to your discretion. You are, you know, landing with them. If you think you, solo, can just fly over there and take out all of the siege weapons and their crews, by all means, go for it. Mm -hmm. But if you're not sure, having more people is never a bad thing. Yeah, I think I'm going to stay with with the crew so that I can also kind of try to, you know, swat things out of the air that might be, um, you know, targeting them. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go back down to go back down to the boat and in my air elemental form, uh, prepare to also storm the beach. Okay. You land down, and about 10 seconds later, you feel the ship kind of lurch as it jams itself into one of these mm-hmm. obstacles, and Captain Slab at the helm shouts, I guess that's as far as she goes. Charge! <laughs> and the uh, crew of the ship, formerly known as the Riders Mutiny, charges off the boat, jumping, splashing into the water. Uh, it's probably like chest deep, mm-hmm. maybe a, a little bit more, but they all can breathe water, so no one is in danger of imminent danger of drowning uh, quite yet. So they all splash over the sides, shields held high, swords held above water, and start wading their way in. You look to your left and your right, and you can see other boats in similar positions kind of getting as far up as they can, and then people just jumping and pouring off of them. As this happens, uh, you look to the skies, and you see the gray skies become a little bit darker Uh as a volley of arrows makes its way down towards the lot of you. Okay. Uh, Does a 13 hit you? Hit me? Yes, you. No. Uh, You manage to not get hit by any such arrows. Okay. Carhoon also manages to uh, dodge out of the way. Mm-hmm. And... Come on, boys. Come on. Cumulatively, um, there are some... So the the pirates around you raise their shields and you hear the thump, 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 mm-hmm. thump, 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 mm-hmm. as arrows just like bury themselves into the hastily crafted wooden shields. Uh, some of the pirates... 
Um, only one of them manages to get, like, a, an arrow through the shoulder. It's not a fatal wound at this point, but he's definitely bleeding, and that arm's gonna cause some trouble. Uh, but they are just, like, shields up, wading their way through okay. the shallows. Okay. Would that have been, like, another round? Can I roll to uh, recharge that whelm ability that I have? Sure. It recharges. Okay. Thank you. Um, what's your passive perception? 19. 19. Okay. As you wade in and you get to about waist depth of water and you can, again, left and right, there's just countless other troops storming this beach as well. You make out something in the water. Oh, no. You see, uh, like a shape of through the like dark waves oh. crashing and then the little white caps it's someone you fought recently it looks like a Zahau again oh and you look to your left and your right and you see several of them oh as they just like splash out of the water emerge in front of you and start you know grabbing and stabbing and we're gonna enter initiative right now oh was not expecting What's that. What's Carmen's passive perception? 14. Okay. Because it's 10 plus, right? Mm-hmm. Octavia rolls an 11 and Carhoon 14. So the two of you are not surprised and I'm not going to bother putting anyone else on the map because that's just too much bookkeeping for mm-hmm. anyone. Uh, each of you is beset upon as a Sahawagan lurches out of the water in a spray of white watery mist and lunges at you with a spear just trying to jab you right in the heart. Mm-hmm. You can see this is not an isolated incident. There are a lot of these boys uh, encamped along this, uh, this shore and they are jumping out and ambushing the unlucky soldiers who are first up the beach. Oh, man. You are not surprised, neither is Carhoon, because their stealth did not beat your passive perception, but you know that uh, others were not so lacking. Yeah. So, uh, Carhoon goes first. He sees this shark person lunge up, spear in hand, in a motion to jab right through his heart. What does he do? Well, uh, Carhoon would have jumped out of the barge with his, you know, kind of big great axe held above his head type of thing as he was wading through. So he has it in his hands and he is going to swing down and try to get rid of this obstacle in his path. Critical hit. Natural 19. Of course. With my dice from D20. Of course. Of course. Oh, Carhoon. Never change. Carhoon is the best. All right. A critical hit. We are going to run out <laughs> Um Well, when he has... I mean, with him having three attacks, and then when I'm an elemental, I have two. Just statistically, the likelihood of, of hitting that crit mm-hmm. increases so much more. All right. We're going to use this one. Uh, it's from D&D Your Head. Thank you. Thank you, D&D Your Head. Into the dirt, you drive your Ooh. opponent to the ground. The target of your attack must succeed on a strength saving throw or be knocked prone and take an additional 2d6 bludge. Dope. So, this. So, how? We're going to make a strength save. 
<laughs> Fails. Oh! It's knocked prone at 2d6. Awesome. Damage. All right. To your Joe DiMaggio. So this is 2d12 plus 2d6. 6. Plus like five. Roll two fours on the 2d6. Nice. And I rolled a one and a 12 hey, on the 2d12. So perfectly average. So that is a total of... 27 slashing damage. This thing lunges out, spear in hand, going to stab Karun through the chest, and he just, pure instinct, slices it in half. Nice. Dead. Nice. Uh, he, I guess he's still got attacks, but it would be your turn. I mean, he's going to just turn and look at the, um, you know, this, this shark, the shark type of person who is in front of Octavia, and he is going to swing again. Okay. Does a 24 hit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rolled a one on that damage as well, so seven slashing damage. All right, that one is still alive. Well, good thing he has one more attack. Mm-hmm. So 22 hit. Mm-hmm. 17 slashing damage. 17. Okay, and he cuts that one in, in twain. Nice. So it's cooler to imagine. This is just one singular swing mm-hmm. that just kind of cascades across the battlefield and cuts these two clean in half before they could do anything. Mm-hmm. So from your perspective, you're just walking along. You see the shape. It lurches out of the water. It goes to stab you. And before you can react or do anything, Carhoon's just standing there with a bloody axe. And this thing is flopping in two pieces on the ground. <laughs> Nice. Uh, Carhoon is a beast. Mm-hmm. We are going to stay in initiative, though. Alrighty. Uh, I'm going to say basically everything on the map is difficult terrain. Okay. So you will be moving half speeds Except if you are walking. I can fly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, unfortunately, you're the only one who can fly. Uh, so what do you do? I mean, can I... Can we help the pirates at all? Are they still fighting these these shark folk or... Should I just kind of focus on us as a unit and kind of... Right now? Because if you want to help pirates, it's gonna it's way more, again, way more bookkeeping. Yeah. I'm not keeping track of 20 pirates okay. and their individual uh, individual combats. Okay, that's what, uh, I, that's what I figured, but I wanted to at least... She would be concerned, so, you know, she would see whether she can help or not. And, I'm and, keeping... So I'm, I'm kind of using roughed out batch things to handle how many of how hurt they get and how many of them die uh so i guess you could use your action to impact that as an abstract yeah if i could just just for this one this one round if she could use you know kind of use her help action to you know i'm not sure what your mechanic is but to make <laughs> make their stuff better okay. <laughs> and good. in some weird abstract way like maybe you know she's an air elemental maybe she's able to fly you know by and just kind of like knock some of the the shark folk out of the way or or churn up some of the sand to get in the shark folks's eyes so that you know some of the pirates have a better um you know better shot type of thing but somehow just to i mean she she really feels for these this is her crew and 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 she's she's very invested. Indeed. All right. 
Um, so, will you do that? The shark, the Saugans are dead <laughs> before they could get a stab <laughs> off. Oh. So. Oh, before they could get a brush of that fresh Moerian air. Mm-hmm. Alright. Um, so, let's see. As you finish helping the sailors, an arrow or several arrows kind of whiz by your head harmlessly, but uh, because I rolled terribly. <laughs> but uh, you, you, you know there are other threats mm-hmm. afoot. Those arrows aren't always going to be harmless. <laughs> All right, Carhoon's turn. All right, um, uh, he's going to just start. Okay, so so just operating under under the two of us now, kind of thing. Like we don't have to like wait for the pirates or no, or anything yeah, like that. Okay, just focus on you. Okay, so he's going to ready in action, and he's going to be like, "Can you carry me over the stuff?" In his <laughs> cartoon accent. <laughs> Is he now? Is he maybe? So here's here's where we'll we'll figure out exactly what Carhoon wants to do. Yeah. Because obviously you can get to the hotel immediately. Right. You can just fly and leave everyone. Yeah. You could probably fly and bring Carhoon as well. Um, the question is, I guess th- the question before we go through all of this is, is that what you want to do? Do you just want to pick Carhoon up and yeet yourselves over to the hotel? So you can 100% do that. If you do, though, it will be... It'll be worse for the people on the ground if you leave, but it'll be better for the people on the boats. If you stay and fight your way up the beach, it'll be better for the people on the beach because you'll be there to help and protect them. But it might be worse for the people on the boats because those ballista are going to be active longer. So it's a trade-off. Okay, if you want to pick Carhoon up and go, you can 100% do that. I'm not telling you not to do that. But just so you're aware of the the consequences that may happen, you also know your prime objective is destroying those, destroying or you know dismantling, taking over, neutralizing those weapons. And there are two, or there are multiple on each hotel. Uh you get there's there's a couple on each hotel. Okay. So it looks like there's, well, I mean, coming up, you would have been able to see there's there's one trebuchet and like two ballista on each of these hotels. Okay. Okay. If I leave Carhoon on the beach, will the folks on the beach be better off? Um, yeah, for sure. Carhoon's uh, a monster. <laughs> a beefy, beefy boy. Yeah, so I mean, he that's definitely an option. But then, you know, you're up there alone. By myself, yeah. So these are all considerations uh, you have to take into account. Knowing what I know about um, Ballista and Trebuchet... Would I know how many, like, people it would take to operate each one? It's going to be a couple on each. A couple minimum. on each. Like, okay. probably three minimum on each. Okay. So that's, like, nine people up there. Minimum. Minimum. I mean, my first inclination is to leave, leave Carhoon and just go up myself at least to one of the hotels and see what I can do. Well... You know that classic RPG rule: always split the party. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you can split a party even when you have only one DM and one player. I, I gave I gave Carhoon to help you out. Again, you can leave him. Totally, totally up to you. 
That's what I'm going to try to do. And basically, Octavia's thought behind it is she's not going to go up to the top of these hotels looking for... I mean, obviously, she's looking for a fight, but she's not going specifically to, like, chop her way down or, or, or through these folks as she would be, like, if she were in her humanoid form. Her thought is mostly as this, you know, large elemental to specifically just, like, go after the machinery. Um, and sure, Carhoon would be a, a help in distracting other folks as she's doing that, but she thinks she also, I mean, she does not, she doesn't want to leave the pirates by herself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're going to leave Carhoon on the beach. I'm going to leave Carhoon on the you're beach. you're going to fly away. going to fly away. Okay. Then it is uh, still Carhoon's turn. He turns to you and says, I'm going to fight my way up here. I'll, I'll see you at the top. Octavia, like, salutes and does a thumbs up with her. Just, uh, just come back here if things go badly, I guess. She also thumbs up. Okay, don't be stupid. She shrugs. What else can you expect? Come on, please don't be stupid. <laughs> now is not the time to be stupid. <laughs> All right, good luck. You know how good I am at strategizing mm-hmm. and how everything always goes to that plan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, uh, so Carhoon's going to continue making his way up the beach. Awesome. Hmm can't decide if I want to play out everything that Carhoon does at the same time or just focus on you right now. Well, the trebuchet and the ballista aren't attacking the folks on the beach. No. So, in that instance, like, kind of what Octavia's doing isn't directly impacting what's happening on the beach. Right, 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 but I'd, I'm trying to decide if I want to, uh, like, go back and forth between mm. you mm-hmm, on the buildings mm-hmm. and Carhoon on the beach or not because Carhoon's not really the main character but I just like him a lot. Uh, I mean he's kind of like main character asterisk. He's like he's sidekick. I mean he's he's more than sidekick. He's a really cool sidekick. He's he's just a little bit below Octavia. He's a cool sidekick. Alright uh, so you take off yes. fly across the beach and as you raise yourself up, first of all, make a dexterity saving throw. Already? 16. Okay. You manage to dart out of the way as a ballista almost sails through the space you were about to be in. I feel like she almost like a, a portion of her turns a little bit misty, you know, and it actually just like goes right through her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you avoid that. You fly up and you see as the battle rages below you, you can see the Moerian soldiers starting to push their way out of the water and on to the beach itself. Um, you see the tops of these hotels, trebuchet flanked by two ballista, manned by you know, three creatures each. Uh, with a few extras mm-hmm. kind of standing at, at the front, keeping lookout and, and guarding. Uh, roll a perception check. Alrighty. 14. 14. You see that one of the hotels, the creatures, you know, operating the siege weapons, you think they look like skeletons. What? And in the back, you see a hooded figure just kind of what? overseeing the operation. 
the other building. I'll say that was the Diamond Dragon. The other building, the Grand Myrmidon. On top of that, you see creatures that you think, based on, you know, having interacted with them before, are hobgoblins. Oh. So about three hobgoblins at each, and then another uh, kind of more important, in-charge-looking hobgoblin at the back, directing things where to go. And a few various and sundry others just kind of walking around, shooting shooting arrows down at the beach, like, from the mm-hmm. corners. Which do you approach? Octavia doesn't really want to get into a, a magic fight right now. Mm-hmm. So she's going to go towards the Grand Myrmidon and the Hobgoblins. Hobogobos. All right. Let me roll some Hobogobo initiatives. <laughs> she doesn't really want to fight a necromancer right now in this form where she can't cast spells. But the thought also was to, since all of her, her damage is, is bludgeoning, she was like, oh, I could maybe just punch those skeletons really effectively. Okay, we are going to... Because you're not on the beach. I had a beach map drawn. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, sorry. That is okay. I need so many tokens. So trebuchet is just like a big catapult, right? No. What, what exactly is a trebuchet? Trebuchet uses a counterweight. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I mean, wouldn't that... Wouldn't that still be a catapult? It's, it's similar. Even if it has a counterweight? They're superior to catapults. I mean, yeah, because they have the counterweight, but... They're different mechanisms. Okay. Yep, those are a lot of tokens that you are that you are placing on, on that hotel roof. Cool, cool, All right, cool, cool, that cool. is the hotel roof there. I told you. <laughs> I told you how many there were. Uh, there are three hobgoblins at each siege weapon. Uh, each round there, one seems to be loading, one seems to be aiming, one seems to be firing. Cool. You think it, you don't necessarily need all three, but it just makes it work faster if there are three. The There are two up at the front firing their arrow, firing like longbows down at the beach. And there is one who looks to be in charge at the back. It is... Top of the round, and it is the Hobgoblin in charge's turn who sees this giant air elemental careening towards it through the sky. (laughs) And it is uh, funny that you said you didn't want to get into a magic fight. No! Because this Hobgoblin looks uh, very... Magical? (laughs) Looks familiar. (laughs) You've seen hobgoblins like this before. This hobgoblin is dressed in similar regalia to uh, the hobgoblin who killed Moose. (gasps) It's not the same one. You killed that one. Uh, But there are... uh, Hobgoblins tend to be smart. Mm -hmm. And some of them, particularly gifted ones, can be very effective combat wizards. I feel like she, as soon as she sees these robes and these markings, like it, it feels like a lifetime ago that Moose fell. But, yeah. you know, it all just comes flooding back and how she she couldn't save him. Mm-hmm. She tr- See if you can save yourself. She tried so hard, but she couldn't. She just sees this and 
like just the corners, like her, her vision just tunnels a little bit and and the periphery dims and she just gets so focused on what she has to do. You better be. You got 11 hobgoblins to murder. All right. Uh, <laughs> however, it sees you coming and you make eye contact, you with your big, I don't know, airy eyes and you can see it stare up and see you. And it smirks and points a finger at you as a rod of lightning strikes out towards you. Please make a dexterity saving throw. Already. 18. 18 is a success. So you are going to take 11 points of lightning damage. It's nice that I'm only taking five because I'm resistant to lightning. Mm. You know, because I live in the sky. This is true. This is true. So, and because of Flumies. Yeah, basically, so I'm, I'm kind of counting this as you were at, like, the edge of, of his range mm-hmm, when that happened. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you come in. So you're 100 feet away. It's your turn. Okay. You dodge out of the way. Only take a few points. So I'm 100 feet away? You're 100 feet away from. How far away am I from the center trebuchet? 100 minus however far in front of the trebuchet is. Okay, so with my with my speed of 90, I can get to the middle trebuchet, and I would... I am going to well... So basically what I'm going to do, she is going to... She's going to fly directly at the trebuchet, like dodging around these like bolts of lightning coming down from the sky, and she is going to seemingly fly into... The trebuchet. Because I can squeeze into things as small as one inch. Mm-hmm. And I am going to squeeze into the inner mechanisms of the trebuchet. And then I'm going to whelm and turn into a giant tornado from the inside out. Okay. Mechanically, what happens? Please. Cool m- idea. Now tell me the rules. <laughs> Please make a strength saving throw. Again, this is that same whelming that I did. It does say creature, so... I'm not sure if you're wanting then me to to roll something. I'm not really... I could position myself in such a way as to attack some of the hobgoblins as well, which I wouldn't mind doing, just one of the two on the sides. So this is where, like, it being a creature might come into play, because this isn't a creature. It's an Mm -hmm. object. And it can't make a strength saving throw. But you would think that an object that is in a whirlwinds doesn't even get us... I mean, a... I get to whirlwind it away. Or maybe I can... It is huge, and it is, like, bolted to the ceiling. Is it bolted? Yeah. Okay. It's not just sitting there. Is there a way that I can try to use this, you know, tornado to kind of tear it apart? What does this whelm ability say? Each creature in my space must make a strength saving throw. On a failure, a target takes bludgeoning damage and is flung up to 20 feet away. I mean, you could deal the bludgeoning damage, but this thing is solid. It is very heavy, and it's not going to get moved. (laughs) I mean, I I wasn't necessarily anticipating, like, flying it away, but maybe I could, like, break an element of it, or, like, a... You could break it when you deal enough damage to it. <laughs> okay. This is sturdier than a creature. Okay. Right, creature, you could pick up, bash against a wall, toast. This is solid. 
Alrighty then. Well, I solid, will. Solid, solid. I will whelm and and you know try to do some damage from this thing from the inside out, and then also try to catch like clip one of these hobgoblins on the side as well. Okay. So if the hobgoblin could make a strength saving throw, fails. Actually, that was out of the box, and that breaks my rule. Succeeds. What do you? Want? It succeeds. Okay. Right, natural twenty. All right. Wait, which one succeeds? The trebuchet succeeds or the hobgoblin Trebuchet succeeds? doesn't roll. Hob- hobgoblin succeeds. Okay. All right. The trebuchet takes 13 magical bludgeoning damage. And because the hobgoblin saved, it actually doesn't take anything. Because I don't think it takes creatures take damage on a, ha- on a success. Oh. Okay. Nope, sorry, you do. You still take half damage, so you would take six points of bludgeoning. But you are not thrown or knocked prone. Okay, so the Hobgoblin took half of... Took what? Took six. six. Trebuchet took 13. Hobby Gobby took half of that, so six. All right, sounds good. And I'm going to make myself small again, and I'm going to squeeze myself. Now, is that something you can actually do? I mean, like... You can squeeze through a space. I can s- remain there. Okay. The elemental can enter a hostile creature's space and stop there. It can move... Well, I guess it can say... It can move through a space as narrow as one inch and without squeezing. Right. So, yeah, I'm going to, like, stop on top of one of these creatures so that, like, if they're wanting to attack me, they're going to have to attack a buddy as well. Okay. Buddy can try to leave. True. All right. But then they would incur. Not unless that. Not if they don't leave your reach. True. All right. So put yourself where you are, please. And it is the hobgoblin's turn as a whole. The uh, the the little minion hobgoblins. They're not minion minions. Um, and the one who is so the three on the ballista are going to continue doing their thing load aim fire boing. load aim fire boing. Uh, you see two more bolts released and crash into boats out on the water the two who were firing from the corner saw you fly over and do this so they're going to turn and fire at you with long bows alrighty First one rolls a 16. That is a hit. Deals five points of damage. Okay. I assume this is not magical. These ones are not magical. The second one rolls a 12 to hit. Probably misses. Misses. All right. The one who is whelmed by you, can it just walk out or does it have to make a check? I think it can just walk out. It walks out and is going to... uh, Pull out and slash at you with a long swad. Uh, that is a 19. <laughs> that hits as well. Two points of slashing damage. Um, and the other two are going to continue operating the trebuchet. So load and aim. It is not fired yet. Mm-hmm. Top of the round, it is. Dun, dun, dun. Hobgoblin magician wizard's turn. <laughs> what does he want to do? I'm sure he can do quite a lot, which uh, is not 
great for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, got to come up with a plan B here. Uh, he shouts across to the rest of them, keep firing, I'll deal with this one. And points at you. Hi. Octavia points back. <laughs> it points at you. And a, uh, hmm. Should be immune to that. He wouldn't know. He's going to try it. Well, he probably would know, actually. What's your what's what's the CR of an air elemental? We're gonna we're gonna see. Five. Ooh, okay. Um, I was so. Are you rolled a fifteen? Arcana uh-huh. check. I was setting the DC at ten plus your CR, so we just made it. Are you immune to fire, or resistant to fire? No. Okay. Cast my favorite spell. Fireball. And. He has a little something called Army Arcana. When the Hobgoblin casts a spell that causes damage or forces other creatures to make a saving throw, it can choose itself and any number of allies to be mm-hmm, immune to the damage. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, it gets mm-hmm. you, puts it like right yeah. here-ish so it doesn't hit the siege weapons or, or like as far away as it needs to yeah. be so it just catches you. Or aims it a little in the air type of thing, yeah. Make a dex save, please. Twelve. Twelve? It's a failure. You take ooh, that's a good roll too. You take thirty-one points of fire damage. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right, all right. Thirty is like okay. Yep, okay. thirty-one. Oh, thirty-one. Thirty-one. Yeah, I have to with with creatures like this. I have to blow my big guns early because if I save them, they just die before I can do anything. No, that one hundred percent totally makes unload sense. Unload it. <laughs> that one hundred percent makes sense. Nuke them first. Yep. <laughs> All right, uh, that is its turn. It is your turn. Okay. I am going to, I guess, see if my whelm recharges. It does not. Okay. But I am just going to slam at the trebuchet. Mm Mm-hmm. Come on and slam. 16 to hit. That hits. 17 points of magical bludgeoning. Okay. And she is going to slam again. All right. Over 20 to hit. Mm-hmm. 18 points of magical bludgeoning. Okay. You have done some damage to it. And then she is going to, as a bonus action, expend a spell slot and get a little bit of health. Okay. You do that. As you're staring down the barrel... A lot of hobgoblins. Yup. Two of them fire arrows at you. Arrow one. Uh, eleven misses. Mm-hmm. Arrow two. Even lower misses. Okay. The one next to you swings along. I'm so sword. like, I'm just amorphous and and just floating in this breeze. Uh, the other one misses. Two more ballista bolts. <laughs> fire out, and the trebuchet. flings another chunk of rock over as one uses the action to fire and the other then reloads it tumbles another chunk kind of winds it back Mm -hmm. shoves another chunk of rock in the canister you look down and you see the the forces of Moir crawling their way up and you see Carhoon is down on the beach 
He has a kobold wrapped around his leg, a kobold wrapped around his neck, and a kobold like wrapped on one of his arms, and they've all got daggers, and they're just like <laughs> stabbing away at him, and he is uh, doing his best to wrestle them off and like cut them cut them down. Just like shake them off, yeah, because they're so teensy. Uh, you you get the sense that you see there's there's like a, a Burmese tire trap in front of him, or a, or a foxhole. That they must have uh, popped out of. Uh, that was going to be fun if you were down there. Oh, that would have been fun. I, <laughs> but, oh well. I love kobolds so much. So there's, yeah, there's like three of them on Carhoon stabbing away, and you see the pirates, and they're similarly attired mm-hmm. uh, with kobolds, with kobolds. Just like <laughs> grabbing them, flinging them off, <laughs> trying to stab them as well, to stab them right back. I feel like this is the this is like the comedic part of Helm's Deep, where you yeah. can't have the entire thing be like too too serious. Too intense all so the you time. so you like pan aside and you just see like Carhoon and the pirates try like dancing with kobolds, basically. Yeah, uh, but progress is being made. They're working their way. It's slow going, but they are going. You turn back. You have eleven hobgoblins on this roof, three functioning siege weapons, and one really cool wizard. Who just hit you for 31 points of damage. But we're going to pick up their next episode. Is that already a whole thing? Okay. Okay, man. Okay. Ooh. I'm ready to keep punching things. Punch. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. If you like what you heard, you can get in touch with us on social media. We are active on Twitter and Instagram, and our handle is at and a die podcast. If you would like to submit a critical card like we heard in this episode, you can do so either through our website, me and my spouse and a die.com, or through our email address. Just shoot us an email at me and my spouse and a die at gmail.com. Alrighty, everybody. Catch y'all next week.